Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. Diane and Elaine here today talking about the newest stuff that's coming up. Oh, I love man. these chances to just kind of riff on what the themes are. Well, you know, and it, a dozen years we've now been doing this, and we always notice themes that come up. Yeah. It's yeah, just no, amazing. And it, it's really funny, and this is like one of those underlying things that happens all the time is we're focused on what's going on with our kid and what ends up happening because of what's going on with our kids is that we end up with some heaviness. Like we end up getting stressed out. We end up getting overwhelmed. We end up feeling all kinds of feelings and emotions and stuff that come up for us, but it's. I mean, this parenting thing might actually be about the parent. To some extent. <laughs> well, I was laughing because like I was, before we just started, it's like I was talking to a client this morning. It's been a client for a couple of years. Like, and it was one of those moments where she's like, oh wait, this is about me, isn't it? And I was like, yep, <laughs> it feels that way, doesn't it? Right. And it's not that it took her that long to get to this, but it's this sort of, oh wait, maybe this isn't about them. Maybe this is about me or maybe I got to take care of me first so that I can get back into the game with my kids. And I'm I'm teaching a group right now and we're talking exactly about that. It's like, we want to be engaged and problem solving and figuring out all the complexities of what's going on with our kids. But if we're stressed and overwhelmed or dysregulated or frustrated or whatever it is that we're doing, it's like, they always talk about the, the kid's brain being offline. I guess this is talking about the parent's brain being offline, right? It's this sort of, you're not, you're not at the same, you're not able to engage at the same level when you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, guilty, perfectionism. Right. You know, it's, it's interesting when I was doing the, I was doing a podcast episode, you weren't, you weren't there with, with Aaron Dodini and we were kind of talking about the, I was asking him, so, so go listen to that episode, but I was asking him like, what's the value of adult diagnosis? Hmm. And one of the things he was talking about was just this notion of, you know, it wasn't just modeling, but, you know, like kids feel better when they feel like their parents are human. And if, if we're dysregulated, they're feeling that. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of times our kids feel our dysregulation more than we do. do. I mean, it's like <laughs> so many times I remember this from being, a you know, it's like I have three kids. Right. And I remember so distinctly. This is a funny story. I don't know if I've even told you this. I was watching home videos from like I don't know, 15, 20 years ago and watching myself in the video. And I'm like, who is that woman? 
And it was like this sort of, I could tell watching myself just how stressed out I was. And how much you were holding it together. Oh yeah. I was like in this sort of control, like controlled chaos mode, but I was working to try to control the chaos. Right. And that's how we get, because this stuff, this stuff is hard. Let's acknowledge and say that sometimes it's hard to parent complex kids. And part of that is how we are being, they always said that, how, how right. we're being while we're doing. Not what we're doing, right? Okay, what we're so being. Let's, let's break it down. Okay, so there's there's guilt, overwhelm, mental load. There's like this, there's the emotional intensity kind of sh- that can lead to either offensive or defensive approaches, right? We can right. either shut down or we can we can get aggressive. Or well, actually, it might, like, we could even flip it the other way around, right? This is how I was doing it with this client. When we teach our dysregulation model, our trigger model, we talk about aware, alert, and alarm. alarm. Okay. And what I want to talk about is like all the alarm is where you lose it and you have to either run away or you get aggressive and you may or come back or and apologize and whatever you do, right? So we're talking about the stage before that, where it's like this sort of your, your emotions and your logical brain and your problem solving brain are competing, right? Your executive, if you, if you, um, your executive function and your emotions are competing for space in your brain. So it's because you're so overwhelmed or stressed or you're worried or you're, you're carrying a lot of stuff. You like guilt, or you were. We talked about. You mentioned perfectionism. I mean, all, all these sorts of emotionally kinds of things that are going on. We and, used to call it emotional intensity. That was the yeah. term term we used for years, right? Well, and emotional intensity doesn't just have to be yelling. Like I think that yeah. that's the important piece of it. This this client I was talking to is like I use the word dysregulated, and she's like, "Oh, well, I'm only like a three dysregulated," and I was like, "Well, how stressed were you?" And she says, "Well, I'm about a nine on the stress level." <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so stress is nine. That's dysregulated, right? It's this sort of if we see dysregulated as like how much am I reactive. yelling and how how reactive am I? If I'm only dysregulated when I'm over the top, versus I'm dysregulated when I'm off balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there's mornings that I I'm dysregulated just waiting for my coffee to brew, right? It's because it's been a you know a morning already, right? Okay, so there's this. Sometimes we internalize, right? Maybe we shut down, maybe we go inside, maybe we beat ourselves up, maybe we avoid, maybe we, I don't know what else, you know, there, there are a lot of ways. Maybe we, we start engaging in unhealthy behaviors. We start, uh, me, I stress eating or tri- chips, <laughs> right? Or maybe I start drinking more than I'd like to, right? So there's there are all kinds of ways that we non- overtly, not aggressively, right? We re, re, react to the feelings of stress and overwhelm. And then there's this other, the way that we, we can look to and we see it that's more visual is the explosions, the yelling, the micromanaging, the nagging, right? The ways that we do Blaming, it like the blaming, blaming. It's your fault. I can't believe they did that. Or, you know, it's like, I always say that you're the, the controller in your head either is like, I have to do this. I'm the only one that can do it. And I have to do it right now. Or it's all their fault. They should do it. Why don't they ever do anything? I mean, so yeah. it's either we're pointing the fingers at us or we're pointing the fingers at Anywhere. somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Either way. 
the invitation is to notice, oh, wait, I'm a little off balance. I'm irritated. I'm whatever, whatever word you would use. If, if, if it dysregulated feels too strong for you, like off balance or agitated or I don't know, what word do you use, Lane? Well, off is the off. Is probably the word I use. <laughs> I'm, I'm off. feeling well, off. Like, like, so for me, I, it's often I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm spent. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this drained energy sense that yeah. I that I get to. And what I'm coming to is I'm hearing you talking. It's like, OK, so there's the what's leading to it. And then there's how do I want to handle it? And those are kind of two different conversations. Well, there's the one in the middle, which is how do I even know that it's there? Right. It's this sort of I was again, another client was on the phone with them the other day and we were talking about black and white thinking. Right. It's this sort of. Right right, wrong, good, bad. They have to do this. They can't do that. The thing that she came to was, oh, wait, when I get into black and white thinking, that's a great indication that I'm stressed out. That's her sign. That's her sign, right? It's this sort that's her tell. Like we used to talk when we teach, it's like, are you running your hands through your hair? Are you wringing your fingers? Are you like, do you feel your hair in your neck? Is your chest your heart beating more? What What is your tell? And again, it's a sort of, you may never get to losing it, but you may be off. Yeah. And so one is noticing that you're off. Two, and then we got prevention and management, right? So that's right. where you were going. Yeah. So, so let's do a little bit more with noticing you're off and we'll take a break and come back to prevention and management. How's that? Okay. Because yeah. we've kind of done a good job of identifying all the different ways in which we could be off. <laughs> so now the question is, how do you recognize it when you're, when you are, so if, if you're in our community and you've heard the, the framework of aware, alert, alarm, if, if you've seen any of our stuff on, on um, navigating the stress cycle or trigger management, you know, most of us, what we want to do is walk around the world in that kind of aware, aware state where we're just kind of, we're being, we're fine. When we start to get agitated or irritated or triggered, that's alert. That's when our body starts to get to reactive. Mm-hmm. And the question at that point is, do we go, do we notice it and kind of stop it and reclaim our brain and get back to aware? Or do we kind of miss those triggers and then often escalate. escalate to alarm and it's got to explode in order to, to get back? Or, to or what often will happen is that, you know, like, we'd start to notice it. This is what this mom was saying. It's like this sort of, and and she's holding it back and she doesn't want to yell. She knows she doesn't want to yell. So she knows how to not get to alarm, but she, the opportunity for calm was was like an hour ago, right? It's this sort of, or, or before the kids got home or whatever it happened to be. Right. Well, and the other thing is, is I was just thinking about, I was with a group last week and in one of the, the coaching groups for parents of teens. And we were talking about, you know, sometimes we think our kids are going from zero to a hundred in a you know, couple of seconds, but truly what's ha- happening is they're already at an 80 and they're yeah. constantly kind of in this somewhat triggered state so that for them to go from 80 to a hundred is, is a lot quicker. And we think we don't realize they're walking around in this triggered state. Well, what we're speaking to here, Diane, is that we don't realize, we don't realize we're that we're walking, walking around, around in, in, this, in, that, triggered in this triggered state, right? Well, and so you asked, I mean, how do you begin to notice? I mean, I think that there's a couple of, I mean, even just doing a temperature check, right? It's a sort of, 
I think about like with little kids and they've got the little face charts with the, you know, with the, the smiley yeah. face and the neutral face and the frowny face and the angry face. And, the, you know, it's like this sort of, you could go through the process of creating a habit where every time you went to the bathroom or you could set an alarm once an hour, or you could do something to say, okay, how am I feeling right now? Really? How am I feeling? Really? Really? Kind how like am I feeling? Kegels at the, at, in the stop signs, right? When I was, <laughs> when I was younger. Yeah. So it's like check in with ourselves. So no, and usually there is a physiological tell, right? Mm-hmm. Usually there's something in the body, whether it's a racing heart or, um, just feeling unsettled or agitated or, you know, needing to move for those of us with hyperactivity. Yeah. And so just even noticing that phrase, even you you were saying earlier about feeling off, I think the other side of it for a lot of us is noticing when um, we're really, oh, numb, right? But I, I was going to go the other go direction, somewhere which is like noticing when you are really relaxed, ah. noticing like so many of us don't know what like, real calm. And I use that word. Calm doesn't just mean I'm not yelling. I mean, like, think about it. Like everybody feel it in your body for just a second. Like imagine yourself at the beach, listening to the waves or wherever your place. I'm I'm saying that because I'm getting ready to go on vacation to the beach and be by the waves. But like, imagine that moment just before bed and you're like laying there and you're like completely relaxed and your body's just, ooh, that's knowing what calm feels like for you is a really essential place to help you figure out when you're not feeling when you're not feeling. And I suspect there are a lot of parents listening to this who are going, I never feel that way. Right. Or I haven't felt that way. My kid's seven. I haven't felt that way in any years. Yeah. (laughs) And And that may be true y'all. And that's like, and let's make that wrong. Let's make it true. Yeah. Like that may be true. And it may be, that's a, that's a great indication that, it's really important to figure out what is it going to take to put your oxygen mask on? Right? Well, and I remember like one of my, there was two things when my kids were little that I really amplified. One was getting to go to the grocery store by myself. And yes. I know that sounds really weird because going to the grocery store may not be fun for you. Going to the grocery store is fun for me. And the other one was picking the music in the car because I wasn't competing with the kids. Like if I got to pick my song and like they weren't in the car, I could crank up my music and I could sing and I could like not have to worry about them. So being in the car by myself, being in the grocery store by myself were those moments where I was like, okay, wait, this is just me. Nobody yeah. else. For me, it was going to the bathroom by myself and it was turning and facing the table when I sat to eat a meal. Hmm. was not eating the meal at a cattywampus so that I could get up at any moment, but knowing that I can sit and eat this meal. That was a biggie for me. So, so there is something here about really beginning to notice when you're on or when you're calm or when you're off and we're talking real calm, not fake calm. Fake calm. Right. Right. Um, And really paying attention to noticing how you're feeling. Like, how are you checking in with yourself? Yeah. Yep. So So after the break, take a quick break and we'll come back. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We are 
talking about, I don't know exactly what we're going to call this yet, but we're talking about when our brains are offline and online and overwhelmed and stressed. Emotions competing with, <laughs> oh, like off. When you feel off as a parent. Right. And so we wanted to talk about, we talked about kind of noticing when you're feeling off. Now what we want to do is kind of look a little bit about what's before and then how do you want to handle it? Right. Yep. So, okay. Once you've kind of gotten, and so one of the tools we teach in Sanity School, which is our parent training program, is using a trigger journal. And this would be a great place to do that. It's like to reflect during the day, what are the things that got you agitated? When were you agitated? Because then what you can do is you can see, what was it that had me off? Well, what had me off was that I I was constantly all day thinking about the fact that tonight is going to be X, right? Or I was thinking about the fact that uh, all day I was feeling guilty because I rushed the kid out the door instead and I forgot to give her a hug, right? It's just sort of beginning to notice what, not just how, when you feel that way, but what are the, what do you call them? Antecedents? No, the, the yeah, before Antecedents things. is before. Antecedents, the before yeah. things. Yeah. Um, the before things and the, the thing before the thing and the thing before the thing, because it may like be something that happened just now, or it may be something that's even older than that. I was laughing because I was telling this story to a a small group last week about being late for school. And I'm constantly agitated about like, oh my gosh, we can't be late. And this and the other thing. And and we were talking about judgment. And I realized that the voice in my head was actually from when I was a kid, because Uh my dad was one of these super prompt people. And I was afraid of getting in trouble. And the voice in my head says, we have to be on time for school or we're going to get in trouble. And I'm like, we're going to get in trouble. Wait, who's getting in trouble? Right. So the, the thing before the thing was really something that had happened to me when I was a little kid and not necessarily. And it was a story you were telling yourself, right? So it wasn't even necessary. Sometimes it's an act, it's something that happens, something, an event that triggers an upset. Our kid says no, or we have to tell them 12 times. They don't, they do something rude. Sometimes there's an event, but sometimes it's a story we tell ourselves about yeah. Right. It's we're running late. I must be a bad mom because yeah. I can't get my kids out the door or we're going to get in trouble because. Right. So there are sometimes it's the the actual thing. And sometimes it's our story and interpretation thing. about the thing that we may not even be aware that we're creating this story. Well, and I would tell you that, like, technically, it's always about the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're telling ourselves yeah. about the thing. Right. Let's not fool ourselves. Yes. The thing that's happening may be irritating and theoretically you could be in the midst of an irritating situation and not have it get, get you. I just want to say that, but that's, that's done. So, okay. So I think that the trigger journal is for ourselves, not for our kids is a great Mm -hmm. idea. That's a good strategy. Um, I often do, there's an article on the site. I'll look for it about what are your tells, but kind of just noticing you referenced it earlier, noticing what happens before you get upset or triggered or stressed. And this might be something that your kids could help you with, right? One of the things we talk about in the trigger training is like working as a family on this sort of thing. It's like, well, what is, what does mom look like? What are the things that make mommy mad? Or what are the things that, when do you notice that mom's upset or what, what do I look like when I start getting upset? 
And just for the record, it doesn't matter how old your kids are. They will want to work with you on this. Yes. (laughs) They will love a chance to tell you when you're about to mess up. Yeah. And it's fair to be transparent, not to pretend like you're not struggling with it. Right. Well, and the thing that I want to encourage everybody in this is the distinction between observation and judgment. Yes. Sort of, if I can say, I observe that every time the dog barks, sorry, you guys can't hear this, but my dog is barking crazy in the the room right now. Every time the dog barks, I get a little off and I'm like, ooh, it's, I can feel it in my body, right? It's just sort of, I can observe that without going, ooh, you should be out there taking care of the dog or, oh my gosh, I can't believe the dog's barking or whatever it is. I can just observe without judgment. Wow, whenever the dog barks, I'm a little off. Yeah. Well, and so maybe that's a great segue to how do you handle it? Mm. And what you just pointed to, I think the most important thing about handling it is is to treat it from a place of observation, not judgment. Yeah. Right. The most important thing is to not add insult to injury and make yourself all wrong for it. But once you notice it to go, oh, okay, what am I what do I want to do to navigate this? So and here's a weird example. But I was I was texting with a client the other day about a teenage son who is getting dysregulated and sometimes she feels a little nervous or threatened. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about if the challenge is his dysregulation, then the opportunity is to have a conversation about helping him get the buy-in to manage that and and what are some strategies he's going to use to do that so that she can hold him accountable to using the strategies rather than the outcome. And I think the same is true for us. Our opportunity here is to say, okay, when I notice that I'm dysregulated, what are the three or four things I might do Mm -hmm. to navigate that and then start looking and inviting ourselves and holding ourselves accountable to actually doing something, using the strategies to navigate it instead of just noticing it and then going, wow, I'm really mad and then beating ourselves up, right? There is an opportunity here. Yeah, the whole beating yourselves up, this is kind of like I always... I don't know, a little soapbox about this, but, you know, it's like the the stop yelling challenges and the, you know, all this, you know, this sort of all or nothing thing. We, instead of, we're fighting animal in our brain here, guys. Yeah. And this stuff happens for really good reason. The Our brain is trying to protect us from eminent danger. What feels like eminent danger, the challenge is that our brain doesn't really understand that it's not really eminent danger. And so, it, you know, Again, be gentle with yourself in this. It doesn't mean we don't want to work on changing our behaviors, but if we start with, I shouldn't be doing this, you're adding right. one more agitation to the mix, which is probably going to stress you out more than, wow, this is really interesting. I'm completely agitated. How can I help myself? What do I need right now? What do you need right now, sweetie? Like, like can we do that? And a little it more? could be as simple as a bottle of a sip of water or you know, taking a walk outside or some deep breaths and long exhales. Like it could be as simple as, you know, knowing what your strategies are. For some of us, it may be, okay, that's the sign. I need to go take a bath. I need, I really need some time away. Some yeah. of us need space. I need to go walk the dog. I need to go. Right. I, did I, that the other day. I was like, so I was like, so done. It's like, I'm going to go walk the dogs. Cause well, that and is it was a rest of use of my time. And it gets me away from everybody. Well, and I think that a lot of times parents are like, I can't get away. Well, I think the the one the one key I would give you is most of us can always find a, a way to go to the bathroom, right? It's like, 
I'm sorry. I have to go to the bathroom. Excuse me. And we can do whatever we want once we're in there and the door is closed. And I know there's some of you who are still with kids that it's hard to close the door when you go to the bathroom, but Understood. the, the yes. reality is that if you were to take that time in the bathroom and just breathe, re- breathe, reclaim your brain is the language we Put use. Some cold water on your face. Ooh, right? Yeah. Taste, yep. You know, I mean, figure out what it is for you. It, like we can give you suggestions. You can get on the forum and play with suggestions with each other. And most of us have some clue. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and there are going to be some of you that will say, I, my kid is chasing me around my house. I can't leave them alone. And I get it. It sometimes yeah. it is hard and, and emotional regulation 2.0 is figuring out how to be able to reclaim your brain when you've got a melting down kid in front of you, right? And not have to leave the melting down kid to be able to go and reclaim your brain. And that's not as easy, but we want you to start with how do I find moments that I can reclaim my brain? And how do I remember what it feels like to be calm? Mm-hmm. Like, so what do, What are the things that take me off? How do I feel when I, I'm calm versus when I'm agitated? And, and what are, what, what are the tools try? that I want to try? Yeah. Okay, everybody. So what's your insight from this? What are you taking away from this um, complex and yet really basic conversation? <laughs> isn't it? It's so both, isn't it? It what is. What are the insights you've got that will help that you want to bring forward with you into your week? Maybe it's, do you want to focus on prevention, noticing or managing? Maybe it's figuring out what you want to do. Like, what's the important piece of this for you? Maybe it's being more gentle with yourself. Mm, maybe it's putting that stick down. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for what you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, you make the difference. You make a huge difference, everyone. Take care. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.